Hello, my name is Evan Jacobs and welcome to the Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir Aftermath podcast. These interviews are part of an ongoing series chronicling the hardcore punk music scene in Orange County, California and sometimes elsewhere. They are an addendum to the film Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir. This is a documentary I made that chronicles the 1990s hardcore punk scene. You can stream Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir on Vimeo. For $2 a month, you can watch every Anadimia film by subscribing to Anadimia Films Unlimited on Vimeo. Links for all this stuff are in each episode description. To support this podcast, please like, rate, and review it. Also, please subscribe to Anadimia Films TV on YouTube, where you can view all of these podcasts in their original video form. Talk to me about, okay, how did you get into hardcore? Oh, man. Um, I'd say around seventh grade. uh, Yeah, I was like 12 years old. My friend Sean Robison uh, made me a tape. I gave him two 90-minute tapes, and on those tapes he put on Minor Threat, Seven Seconds, Suicidal, Dead Kennedys, and I think Youth Brigade. And from there it was over. And just kind of gave him more tapes. The more tapes I gave him, the more he would put on. So how long after that did you start doing, and what was the name of your zine again? Oh, 118, because of the Simi Valley Freeway. Not very creative, but I didn't. <laughs> it was something fast. Um, you know, it's actually, the only reason I named it 118 was because I was uh, just happened to be looking at the 108 records that I okay. had. And I kind of sat there, and you know, everybody was cutting and pasting back then. And... I just kind of went, oh, I could totally cut and paste a 118 out of this. And so I ripped off their both record covers for the issues, the only issues that I did. That, oh man, man, no, 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 that's, oh, that's cool. That's cool. So in 118 though, as I remember, as we've discussed a couple of times, Mm -hmm. you were like, you didn't just do hardcore. Like you did, like, cause you went to a lot of different shows, right? Or, or I mean, yeah. Was that by design? It's yes and no. It was weird. Just it was it was really weird because I don't know if you remember uh, Sam I am and Gameface at the Ice House. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting outside, and I, it was after the first issue, and I was sitting outside. And I gave you know I was just giving them out, and somebody came from like approached me from behind and and was going, "Hey, what are you passing out?" And so I gave her one, and oh, so you just passed it out. You didn't. You weren't selling it. I tried, but then I just didn't really try too hard. So I just gave up and started putting them in record stores and giving them out. And so I gave her a copy and I turned back around because I was talking to somebody at the time and she, over my shoulder, she just goes, let me know if you need anything. And it was a business card and it was the uh, publicist for Atlantic Records. So from there, she got me an interview with Sam I am. And then it was, and then from there, it just got weird because I started getting calls from Epitaph, et cetera, et cetera, going, hey, we want to put ads in your zine. How much do you charge? And I was going, nothing. I don't know. Because I didn't know about any of that stuff. So I was just kind of went. Did you ultimately get paid for stuff like that? Or or yeah. did you just keep it? You just, you just, but did you run their ads? Yeah. Yeah. I put the ads in to take up space because I didn't, you know, I wanted, I wanted a, I wanted a thick zine, but to print thick scenes, I just didn't know how much content because I didn't know what to write about or. 
So, so you didn't take their money, yet wanted to print a thicker zine, which, as we know, yeah. at Kinko's or wherever you're doing it, is going to cost you more uh, more money, right? Yeah. Luckily, we had friends who uh, who worked the graveyard shift. Okay. And I'll just I'll leave it at that. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and so then, and so then, where did things go from there for you? Like, like you you you're you're doing one eighteen. How long mm -hmm. did you do that for? I think the first issue was. Uh, I think the first issue was ninety two or ninety three. I moved when I moved to Orange County. I was working on the what the, the last issue that never came out. Um, so that so like ninety six. And what made you move to Orange County? I was going to school at the time. I was originally going to go to move up to Santa Barbara for school, and then I. For at last kind of last minute just decided on moving down to Orange County to go to Irvine okay okay and then so then you go to UC Irvine at this point you start doing your radio show yes. on KUCI what was the radio show called into the unknown and I, the, I basically took over for a friend of mine who was who had the Tuesday night punk show okay okay and then um, playing out what kind of music are you playing on into the unknown he well he when i took before i took over i was just interning and he was mainly punk rock because that when he was doing the show that was the big punk explosion so what year like was that 94 96 okay okay because i had to do the intern you know build up my hours and then take over eventually at some point so what bands are you playing at that time me or him oh uh, well I, I guess both well when he was doing when he had the show fully himself he uh he was playing all punk rock like fearless records punk epitaph a lot of crust and everything punk rock I, when i when i was when he would let me play stuff i would go start going into the hardcore and like the post hardcore and what are what are some of those bands Ooh, uh, like game face far side game face far side a lot of youth of today uh sick of it all um, Texas is a reason. Texas is a reason that promise, not, promise ring. Not yet, actually, because when I took over is when I th is when those records started coming out. Okay, so that's when I really started playing the shit out of those bands. Did Did you have bands play in the studio? Yes. Yeah. The first, actually, you know, the first band, my first radio, my first time slot was twelve to three. Okay. And um, I had Lidsville as the first band. Okay, that's the band that that the guys yes. from well, like Rich, Rich Steve, and, Steve and, and, Bear. and Bear. Yeah. Yeah. And then Greg, I think, was the singer. Okay. But um, yeah, I just reached out to them from because I saw their name in Maximum Rock and Roll, and it said, "Oh, ex ex, you know, former Instead members start a new band called Lidsville," and then I, you know, one of the times I drove down from See Me. Uh, I'd already known about Lidsville because one of the times, uh, let me just rephrase that, uh, they, I drove down to Zed Records, the uh -huh. usual trip. Oh, of course. Uh, and picked up the 7-ish because I saw in Maximum Rock and Roll that they'd started a new band. And then when I moved to Orange County, um, I wrote to them going, hey, I have a radio show. I don't know if you'd want to play. And they, they were cool and said, yeah, absolutely. And then from there, they got me the second band. They got me in contact with Sensefield. So they were the second band that I ever had. And that was literally a a week or two later and then so then were there were there other bands like that that you had on that that played in the studio yeah when i took over his name was tang my friend tang uh -huh. um when, I, I, tang sounds familiar i maybe yeah he he at that time he was interning at uh at epitaph okay 
good, but he was also going to school. He's like a crazy engineer now. How was he entering at Epitaph and in school at UC Irvine at the same time? Driving. He didn't okay. care. Yeah. Okay. So he, uh, so when I fully, when I, when I took over the show for him, um, oh man, it was, it was cool. I had. How, how long did you take it? Uh, I full, I, I, I really stopped in 2008 because that was when it was just the tour and got way too out of, you know, I would just couldn't be home. Gotcha. To, you know, and when I got home for the week or whatever, however long I was going to be home, I didn't want to drive to Irvine and do the show for two hours. Gotcha. Home. So at that time I'd already had a sub and I was, and I just offered to give it to him. And so what were some of the other bands that played in the studio? I had Game Face on, they played live. Um, Farside played live, uh, Saves the Day. Um, oh man, Strife played. Uh, and then a lot of local bands. Um, a lot of local bands not too many tang had a lot of local bands he mm -hmm. was good he was really good at featuring local bands but um when, when you know all the bands that i was i was playing at the time were starting to get noticed really noticed i mean because and but at the time when game face played they were already like out there so i was pretty stoked when them and when game face and farside as far as those two bands uh, agree to play my show. Gotcha. Um, I did try to get Texas as a reason once, uh, but they, they did, they couldn't for some reason. They were in town, but they couldn't. Um, I'm trying to think of what I've had. I've had some hardcore bands on. I just not. Was that um, at all when you would have bands in there? Would you have to have help, to, for instance, in terms of all the mics and getting everything set up? Or was it still just a one-person job? And Oh, we had a, a dedicated engineer okay. who, would, who would do the, to the audio. Okay. Who would um, do the sound for the bands that, you know, you would hear. So it wasn't like you were having to run around and wear a gazillion hats when you were doing this? No, no. It was just me doing the show. And then the engineer setting uh -huh. up the bands like a live, like any live sound, live sound engineer would do. So how many um, years did you say Into the Unknown was on for? I think it officially dissolved in 2008. So he, I think Tang had it, Tang had it a few years before me because he had a co-host. And then she, I don't know what happened to her because I'd only met her, I think, once or twice. But so let's say... See, 2008, so 2094. I'd say 15 years. Wow. Around 15 years. And would UCI let you do the show even if you weren't a student there anymore? Because you obviously weren't a student for 15 years. Yeah. They. I mean, if you were, then. For a long time, they were they were accepting people uh, that weren't students. Mm -hmm. Recently, I've heard that you have to be a student in order to have a have a radio show there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So then, from there. And this whole time, at what point within this did you pick up a guitar, or had you always picked up a guitar? I'd always, I'd always uh, been playing before I moved. I started. I mean, I'm not a good guitar player by. I've told you before by any means. Um, but I started playing right around eleven, tenth or tenth or eleventh grade, maybe ninth grade. Because a friend of mine, one of our neighborhood pals. His dad had gotten him a guitar, and he learned all the Metallica songs. Showed me how to play one, and then read the tablature. 
and that was it. From there, you just kind yeah. of... Yeah, but then I was also the kind of idiot where I would open it up, tear it apart, and my dad was kind of tired of showing me how to do things, or not showing me how to do things. He was tired, kind of tired of, you know, soldering everything back together. Gotcha. So he just goes, you're going to watch me do this and figure it out. And this is obviously before YouTube videos and, and yeah. things like that oh, yeah. to kind of help you. Yeah. So then from UCI, where do you go from from there as far as as far as music, the scene? Or was this during that period that you told me where you were trying to figure it out? So after when I when so when I finished school, I was trying to figure it out and it wasn't shortly after. Um, what did you study in school? Uh, history. I majored okay. in in history, the World Wars. That what was, was your emphasis. like? What What was your initial plan with that? I was gonna go back to school, uh, back to go and go to Fullerton to get my teaching credentials. Okay. And then try to start teaching. Okay. Um, but you know, the year that I actually started seriously looking into re like not reapplying, applying for Fullerton to go back, uh, the band Homegrown from out here in Orange County just kind of went, hey, uh, what are you doing in March? Because the guys would love to have you. Like John, John and I had been friends for a while, so he called me and was just like, you want to come out? And I kind of never stopped from there. So then, okay, you, you, you said, and so, and so now we're getting into the portion of the interview of you being a guitar tech, mm -hmm. right? So here's my question. You just said, I'm not a good guitar player. So as a guy that knows nothing about this, how are you able to do the job then? Or do you, do you just know a lot about guitars because of what your father kind of... Uh, you, you, as far as electronics, you, it's good to know. It's really just kind of following wires to and, and seeing where they go and what they do. Okay. Um, as far as guitar playing, honestly, you really don't, need to be a guitar player you just have to know um tuning which there's always going to be a tuner there if you you know uh, i mean i, I maybe have it not. on my phone i have it yeah. on, i'm saying you could have it on your phone you could just and because i mean there's you know there's a few people that i know that actually don't play guitar at all and they're crazy crazy guitar techs and stage managers and everything like that so can you like intonate a guitar yes Okay, so you know, so, okay, okay, so then, okay, I have more more questions, but okay, so from Homegrown, mm -hmm. like, what are some of the other bands that you worked with? Oh, well, that was the first long-term long -term touring band that I went out with. Okay. Before that, it was uh, another band, Limbeck. Okay. Um, we were, before they really started being, like, the crazy traveling touring band that they were at that time, um, we were taking, like, weekend road trips you know, as far as to Arizona or maybe even New Mexico, but as far north as, you know, San Francisco and then driving back down and going back to work. <clears throat> but after Homegrown, I mean, do you want notable, but I guess notable bands? Well, I mean, whatever, whatever you want to, whatever you, you know, well, I'm, I'm, in, I'm yeah. for it all. So, I mean, I'm just saying whatever you can remember, I know that's kind of a loaded question because you've probably been out with a bunch. Yeah, from, from Homegrown, I'll try to go in order. Uh, from homegrown, I started working for Millen Collin. 
then now Milan. How does Milan calling come about? Because they're like in another country. They're yeah. like continents away. Yeah. Or you know, I mean, I, I, I well, I wasn't teching for Milan calling. I was uh, their merch person. Okay. Um, and how'd that come about? The first tour I did with Homegrown was with Millen Collin. Okay. And that, and then, uh, yeah, that was a one-month tour, but I, we'd been friends since they came out. Actually, uh, when their first show in the U.S. I went to, and they played on the radio show when Tang was doing hosting the radio show. And so we met up again there. So then, okay, here's my question. Does it kind of work like that? As far as you see where, like, let's say you're on tour with two bands. Mm -hmm. One of them, the band that you're on tour with, that you're there for, stops touring. The other band's continuing. Will the other, like, like people like yourself often get picked up and say, hey, you want to just come with us on the rest? You know, we're... It's happened. Not for me. But, okay. But it's happened. Um, how I got... So currently I work for the band Taking Back Sunday. Um, I've known them for a little while, too. But I worked for the used at the time and the used and taking back Sunday did, uh, were on tour together. And so after the, you know, that tour was done, they actually, the next year, yeah, the next year they, they called me going, Hey, um, do you want to come out? Are you free? And that's how I got in with taking back Sunday. Is there ever sort of like a protocol, like, Oh, we can't ask this guy because you know, we were, you know, like, you know, you're, well, he's the used guys or he's Pennywise guy. Like we can't, we can't ask him because he's tied up or, um, or it, like, you know, it's funny is I got, so I started working for a band, uh, who I was currently with the band. Apparently, um, this other band called, well, some of the members were talking to the other band going hey what are you guys doing after this tour are you good if we ask him to come out with us meanwhile their management is calling this other band's management asking going hey the band is interested in taking him out would that be okay meanwhile i, don't, I know nothing gotcha i'm just gotcha. sitting here you're just a pawn in this game yeah and but it's it was weird because the band is like you know i'd, I'd known one of the people one of the people in the band so him and I were always saying hi and talking, but it's just weird because all of a sudden the other members of the band were like, Hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm going, we've never met. Why are you being nice to me? Kind of thing. Right. And then right. all of a sudden I get a phone call going, Oh, that's why. <laughs>